You're listening to the Stronger Stride podcast with your hosts, Lydia Mackay and Sophie Lane. Fit and a good shoe is one that you can kind of lace up and as you head out, you don't have to think about it again. Um, you experience that runner's high, you come back after you run and you can sit there and go, oh, I didn't even notice what was on my feet. I mean, that's the ultimate goal when you're looking for a new shoe. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stronger Start podcast. You're with Sophie Lane and Lydia Mackay, your host, and we're excited for today's episode. Hopefully you are too. <laughs> we are so excited. Lydia is just finishing up her little popcorn sack. Also, it looks like you're mm. in some sort of disco. <laughs> is that so, just me or is that your light flickering? It's, it's my light flickering. Oh, Look, gosh. so this is actually an upgrade. So I'm sitting in my bedroom and my light is strobing on and off. And yes, it's a Friday night, but that was not it my intention. Wild. It is. It's quite a party in here. Um, but no, <laughs> how are you concentrating? It's really <laughs> distracting. It is so distracting. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's quite a challenge, but I always talk about resilience. <laughs> and so I think this is. I wish you guys could see what's going on. Her light is literally just turning on and off constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the situation is really quick recap is um, <laughs> when I moved into this room and this place, my bedroom light didn't work, but I've got a sort of like ensuite and like a not walk-in wardrobe, but like semi-walk-in wardrobe. Gosh, and they, bougie. I know. Fancy yeah. girl. Living, living it up. Can't afford a light bulb, but does have a walk-in <laughs> well, wardrobe. This is the thing, right? So the light of the room didn't work, but the lights in the bathroom and the wardrobe work. So I was like, mm-hmm. who needs any more than that? And if you guys remember. She's a minimalist. My, well, honestly, this is it. If you guys remember my post during lockdown, I really got into <laughs> lighting my candles during isolation. So oh. now that I've perfected the candle oh, technique. Is that the candle making those flashes? No, that's not the candle. That's my light. So Gosh, I've this been, is a journey. Okay, yeah, so I've been <laughs> loving the candles. I haven't needed the light, but just this week, the light has decided to return, but this is how it's returned. So I've been every night when I get home, I put my candles on <laughs> and my room is like, what do you, I don't know. It's just so relaxing. My candles are on. It's good smells. It's good ambiance. But now the light's returned and it's so bright and it's, it's yeah. So um, I don't know whether I want to get it fixed off or fixed oh, on. It's off. Oh, it's off now. Yeah, so you just, I'm just never know what you're going to get. I'm just doing a quick video get. so you guys can understand. But as soon as I started filming it, turned off what's going on. Yeah, well. There's a ghost. There is a ghost. I Gosh, am a ghost. This is what we're, this is, this is, you know what, when we've got our, million dollar podcast studio we can look back on these times and think remember when Lydia had no lights <laughs> well you know what I was thinking you know how you said it's your fourth place you've recorded the podcast mm-hmm. um same to me too so oh the podcast four houses has been girls eight locations gosh where will it be next I know yeah Surely this number time five next year, is the studio 16 locations Sorry. <laughs> number not. five is the studio anyway that was just absolute waffle but good waffle. to know you've got some light yeah, you're not living you know. in complete darkness. Anyway, yeah. um, you know what? Anyway, how about you tell me, Soph, about what you have been persevering through and oh, what has been building your resilience the last two weeks? Gosh, that's deep. Um, let me just reflect. Let me just take it back. Take it back. I have been running all over the place. You have. Um, I oh, I went to the Bay Run. Shout out to oh, the Bay Run. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. You have to come and join me. Also, I was thinking like so many options because there's a bike path next to the footpath. So 
you can oh, cycle, wow. you can run, you can bring the paddleboard and paddle around the water. So many options. But oh my the positive thing is it's so flat. And where I live at the moment, there's hills everywhere. So oh, it was But hang so on a nice. second. Is the water flat? How am I going to be able to surf yep. in there? <laughs> we, we made it in probably like 10 minutes today. <laughs> Before the right. I'm, I'm going to keep comment. it short on the surfing this yeah, week. It's my time. To talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right, yes, continue. I had a really good run. A 7K lap, it felt really good. So I decided to do another lap mm. and it was just fantastic. Really good. Nice. Um, nice. And then since then, I haven't done a lot because I'm racing on the weekend. I know you are. How exciting. Last minute decision. Yeah. Last minute decision. I mean, it's been on the cards for a while, been thinking about it, just couldn't quite commit. Um, but I just didn't want to miss out on the fun. So it's happening mm. this Sunday. Um, so that's going to be good. Oh. So as you'll listen to this podcast, I will be either running or finished running. Yeah. Hopefully finished. it was reasonably enjoyable. Um, that's all I'm aiming for, just to have a bit mm-hmm. of fun. So, yeah. Oh, it's so it's so interesting slash sad because that mm. run was like our first run it's together. Run. I know. Yep. And it's so weird that you're doing it without me. I feel a bit. I know annoyed that you're doing without me but also really sad I should have consulted you first Mm. I might FaceTime you during the run if that's right I think so yeah um well at least for the first few k's because normally like I couldn't keep up after that anyway so we could just we could really simulate oh my gosh we can have like those pre-run yeah like that and you know what else I've got some kiwi fruits in the fruit bowl ready to go Oh, amazing. I know. That won't mean wow. much to anyone except us. But except anyway. us. Shout out yeah. to Zespri. Shout out to Zespri. Kiwis that would, on the market. Yeah. <gasps> Could yeah. they sponsor us? I was just thinking. Imagine endless supply of, supply of kiwis. Yeah. Zespri, if you're listening, Sophie and I after the gold variety, not just gold, the not green. green. Not the hairy green ones. Not for me. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, that's exciting. For me. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Pretty excited. Hopefully I'll see some other people out there running. Can't wait to meet you all. Um, are you going to run but, hard or are you just going to well, take it like a yes. trainee run? I think it will be hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, No, but if you, you take it like hard. a training run, if you just well, take like, it as a Sunday Sunday jog. Sunday long run. With well, some, I don't want to jog. With some people. I'm not going to jog. <laughs> okay. Look, I don't know. No expectations. I don't want to like put any numbers on it or anything. I think you should... Have a bit of a, like, if either you're going to have it as an easy weekly run. Oh, no, but you've mm. tapered, so it's too late for that now. I you know. You have to actually try hard. I know. Oh, That's why I nearly didn't taper, so then I didn't one. have, like, the reason to not. <gasps> mm. But here we are. I've had a deload week, you could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. stay tuned for the result in the next episode. I'll fill you all in. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to see the trophy. Or the yes, medallion. all right. How have you been? What's new? Well, oh. Thanks for asking. So exciting thing I did last week. Ooh. I did a group trail run, which is so super exciting. I feel like it's a big milestone because that's sort of my first group trail run back. So I know we did a trail run together. Um, well, we attempted to run with Tom Petroni for the forever forever for the project run forever but we couldn't keep up so we ran together uh that was awesome amazing we've already spoken about that but I haven't hadn't since been on any trails not because I was avoiding them necessarily but you guys know I'm keeping everything super chill not going too much outside of the comfort zone of my foot but an opportunity came up to do a nice cruisy trail run so I went to Bucca State Forest with a few of my friends and we did about 14 k's I think and it was so nice like relatively flat a little bit undulating but sort of mostly up on the way out and then the way back it was like a little bit of a loop but the way back was mostly 
downhill, sort of a little bit up, but it was just perfect. Like it was just a nice amount of little hills, a little bit muddy, a little bit of rocks, but like not technical. So it was such a nice way to like get into the bush and get back into trail running, but without it being anything hardcore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sounding too convinced. Sorry, I'm just uh, I'm just reflecting on the like a little bit of mud, a little bit of rocks. <laughs> Like how much mud is a good amount of mud? That's I was trying to figure that out. So well, sorry, it was I got a, bit a bit lost. slippery. Like it was so funny. I was like, wow, like running in the bush is so slippery. Like I know <laughs> it's so funny. Whenever I say that to people, they're like, oh, maybe like your shoes are on. I'm like, mate, it's my, it's me. Like uh, it's my coordination and my balance. I'm like, I am like an old lady in a 24 year old body. Like I, mm-hmm. I always, well, you know this, so we go downhill and I'm like, ah, but it's all right. It's fine. I'm getting there. I'm getting, well, we've done one now. So hopefully this weekend (laughs) the plan will be to do another trail run, but Mm -hmm. we'll just see because we've had a lot of water in the sky falling down. (laughs) (laughs) You know how we've talked every week about just like summarizing and like maybe like using a few less words. People know where the rain comes from. I don't need to say <laughs> the rain that came from the sky. You could just say <laughs> the rain. Way too many words. Anyway. Okay. okay. Anyway, I think I'm doing pretty well. I Good. was thinking, what I was thinking is that I had this um, memory come up on Strava. Have you guys noticed the new feature? Oh. I think this was like four months ago it came out, but it gives you little memories. Mm. And it was this time last year and the caption was like, lol my shortest run ever and it was like 5k's and it was just before UTA and literally the same day that 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 came up I'd run six and a half k's and I'm like feeling stoked about having run that far and I was thinking how Mm. interesting the journey is and how this time last year running that short was like oh my gosh I've barely even run and now at the moment obviously I'm like coming back from an injury so any amount is just such a celebration and so exciting but I was also thinking beyond that and also just about like not being so like this counts as a run this doesn't count as a run Mm. this is good this is bad and like trying to remove that black and white thinking which good you know I think for the most part I'm very much appreciative of movement and running and just getting out there social exploratory all those different things but I guess I've just am really even more having to come back to like why do I do it it's because I enjoy moving. I enjoy being outside, enjoy connecting with people, connect with myself. And I think I'm just getting another opportunity by the universe to be like, you know what, Lydia, you're going to really refine your why and your identity and come down to your core values. And you know what a great opportunity that is. That is such a great opportunity. Talking <laughs> about um, short runs or like mm. runs not counting or whatever. Yeah. I also noted, noted, noticed that uh, your captions on your runs have changed over time. <gasps> yes. You no longer or very rarely call a run a plod anymore. Now you went through ah. a phase of almost every run that wasn't like a track session was, oh, just a, <laughs> a cruisy plod. Oh, but I, I like the word plod. I feel like I plod know, is like But I think you're almost then labeling it as like, oh, it's just a plod, so it doesn't really count. It's just like, mm. oh, it's just a little extra thing in oh, your mind okay. potentially. So it's just like, oh, it's a plod. So like, yeah. I'll mm. think about that. I'll think have to about, think that. about that. I'll put that in my um, diary prompt, that. my journal prompts mm-hmm. for next Please week. Do. Yeah, I'm. It's interesting. I like. I think plot is just like. I, if anyone's noticed, I hate using the same words all the time. Hence, 
We've had a lot of water flowing from the sky. I don't like just using the same words every day, all day. It's nice to mix up varieties of spice of life. And I don't know, maybe plod is just more interesting than the word run. I'm not sure. You know, because like, you know how it comes up automatically? Well, you wouldn't know because you upload. But yeah, so I'm like, because I upload. (laughs) (laughs) You have to like manually upload it, you know. I I think... I think what you think I do is much more complicated than it is. My run comes up automatically. It's just I just press public because it says private. That's the only difference. Yeah, a few clicks on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So many clicks. So many clicks. Anyway, I'll reflect on my use of the word plodding, please. What should I reflect on? I think you should reflect on your taper week and think Mm. about what is the best way to taper. Because I know that that's something you don't like. And no runners are like the table, but you mentioned that in your story today about the difficulty of how much mm. to do, you know, is it too much? Mm. Is it not enough? So I think you should reflect on that. Thank you. <laughs> that's, not, that on board. that's not a very um, deep reflection. It's a bit more of okay. a scientific one, but I think I think that suits you. I love a bit of <laughs> science. Science, <laughs> science girl. I know you like, I know you like your science. <laughs> so you know what? Let's move on from the plod chat. Um, Enough plodding. I have almost hit 50Ks on my new pair of running shoes, which I thought I never would, okay? I actually didn't think I would because Sophie and I, not too long ago, got sent a pair of running shoes from Saucony, the Guide 15s, which are a lightweight sort of stability shoe. And we were both super excited, super stoked because I'd never run in Saucony's before. Had you had had no done, first no, time for me yeah. too so um i'm i love my hawkers i run in the ring cons the cliftons also love my nike pegs uh, my nike reacts fantastic and i'm very happy with my running shoes but we had an opportunity to test out a new pair of knees, and i was excited to test out new shoes because i like new shoes but i was kind of thinking i'm not even running much with my foot like i'm barely doing three runs a week when am I going to get a chance to wear these new pair of shoes? And I was like nervous to try a new pair of shoes coming back from injury too. I was like, oh, is this risky? Like that sounds a bit dramatic and maybe I'm being a bit dramatic, but I just thought, oh, I don't really want to add in a completely new variable. And like, if I don't like them, am I even going to get a chance to wear them enough to fully test them out? But it's been a very mm. positive experience. So Good. almost at 50 days, which sounds like not very much, but they're my favorite shoes at the moment to run in. And I know, Soph, you said that quite early on. And to be honest, I was like, mm, yeah, I think it's just because you got a free pair of shoes. I didn't yep. say that to you, but that's what I was no, thinking. No, like, I got the vibes. Just, I got, I know. Oh, for me? Thinking, yeah. I, <laughs> look, as soon as I said, I was like, she just thinks I'm just saying this just because like, yeah. yeah, they're nice. And I'm like, not really thinking about it, but like they felt good from the start. Yeah, I think the shape is really nice too. Like Mm. compared to the pegs that I've been running in are sort of quite narrow and I feel like your foot doesn't sit super deep in them. I also don't love the laces of the pegs, but it's not a good comparison, the Nike Pegasus, but I just thinking about that because I'm thinking about the shoe shape. So firstly, the shoe shape is really nice. I feel like it fits my foot really well. It's just not too narrow at the end, which I don't like on a shoe, um, especially since wearing more of my Viva Barefoots too. That's a whole other side. Um, but then the other thing is, I don't, even, I don't even know what it is. They just feel springy and comfortable and lightweight. And in my head, I always had this thing that like hocker were like the perfect amount of cushion and lightweightness. But there's something about the Guide 15s. Mm. Like they've just yeah. been, they've been perfect. 
Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to add, Soph? I know you like the science, so tell me a bit more. It's the technology. (laughs) Now, look, we'll leave the science and the technology for Kate. She's an expert. But from my point of view, I agree. They just feel so nice when I put them on. I said to Kate as well, I really like them when I'm sore or fatigued or if I've like Mm. just done a hard run and then I put them on afterwards or I do Mm. like an easy run the next day because they just feel like so soft and squishy. And she was saying about the sock liner and I had a bit of a feel because, you know, I love Mm. the science. Got it out. (laughs) Tested it, experimented. Um, and it's so nice and squishy. Like, I feel like I want to take that out and put it in all my other shoes. But mm. I could just wear the guide all the time. Anyway, it's just so nice. And I am a adrenaline, Brooks adrenaline mm. junkie from <laughs> just adrenaline from the beginning. Junkie. You know me, jumping out of planes all the time. Um, but, yeah, so very similar comparison with those. So I'm glad to have another shoe in the rotation that mm. kind of ticks a few of the boxes in terms of cushioning, lightweight, a little bit of support. They just feel comfortable. I think that's the main thing. You got to, You can't just buy a shoe just because it sounds good. It needs to feel mm. good as well. So that ticks a lot of boxes for me. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting how you say they feel like a nice shoe to put on when you're like a little bit tired because whenever I hear people say that, I automatically think, ah, oh, it's like a slow sort of bit of a clumpy mm. shoe. But no. it doesn't feel like that. I feel like it has enough of a bounce and a bit of reactivity in it. So Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all my runs are slow at the moment. They're all plods, you know. Oh, um, here we go. Stop that terminology. But I guess I feel like, yeah, I wouldn't, like most of my other shoes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll put them on. But at the moment, it is just my most comfortable shoe. So I guess yeah. I'm not really doing any change of pace stuff. So I don't think it'd be fair to really talk about how they feel running a bit faster. Because technically they I are don't a think stability that's their, Yeah, goal. I don't think no. that's their... Um, Niche. The thing, yeah, no, but um, it is interesting too because it is meant to be a medial support shoe. Obviously, Kate will speak about this in detail, um, or just more about the range that Saucony have. But I was concerned that it would push me too far laterally because I'm mostly a pretty neutral runner. Like I, I remember I was in stability shoes for so long, and then I realized that I was actually supinating a bit. And so, even coming back from my stress fracture, I've noticed that I tend to supinate a little bit now on my left foot, and I have been getting just a little tiny bit of lateral foot pain, which I think is really only when I'm just standing on my feet. I tend to roll out, and I think it's just a protective thing because I was so sore there, and I was so worried about it and like putting load on it uh I I think I've just adopted that a little bit which I'm quite aware of so I was concerned that it would push me too far out in these shoes but I have not had any issue at all and so far I'm wearing the tread really evenly and sort of yeah it doesn't feel like it really adjusts my loading at all to be honest it Mm -hmm. just feels comfy easy to wear I feel like I could run a bit faster in it but haven't tested them out under speed but we'll keep you posted team yeah it's an ongoing ongoing process ongoing review but just our initial thoughts to begin with so yeah would highly recommend we'll leave some links below if you're keen to have a little look at them yourself um and as always we'd recommend trying things on before you buy so Mm. head to the runner shop if you're near there or your local specialty running store yeah that's it um so our episode today with kate from Saucony. how good So pretty much Kate came on and Kate is the national brand manager and she chatted to us all about the shoes, the current range, how it works, um, managing a shoe business in Australia. I think it was actually a little bit of a takeaway for me is just that insight into the ordering process and the time that it takes for the shoes to actually 
come in and the difficulty and I know obviously Sophie and I we worked at the running shoe shop so we did have a bit of an understanding of the back end stock issues and difficulty getting colors in and how long it takes and how early you have to order things but I think it just reminded me again how important it is to shop locally too so I know this episode isn't about shop local but it also kind of is like you got to support the people in the business and that is again why Sophie and I say Go to your specialty running shoe shore because shoe shore. Shoe shore. Shoe, shoe shore. She oh, sells she- seashells by the shoe store. Shoe stores. <laughs> because yes, you can go to Rebel and you can buy things from running warehouse or whatever. But yeah. Buy from your local shop, yes, guys. Okay. Support them. Otherwise, we're gonna have no shoes here. No shoes. Yeah, no shoes. And also they're small businesses, a lot of them. So go and they're runners themselves them. who are trying yes. to like make a career in running and they're trying to earn a bit of cash on the side. Yeah, so let's literally. keep them in business. Yeah, for sure. Half the time when you go to, sorry, Athletes Foot and Rebel, uh, I know there's some great, there are, no, but I shouldn't yeah. say that actually. There are some great, some great people who work, own, manage those shops and they're fantastic. But you also go to some shops that just happen to sell um, the pair of bike and the person serving you, hang on, let me just fix my mic. Um, often you go to a shop and they happen to have a pair of shoes that you want and the person serving you doesn't even know what the shoes are and doesn't even know anything mm-hmm. about running. So yeah. if you can go to a shop where you're supporting local, supporting independent small business and to people who know about running and care about running because they yes. will um, be able to give you all the details and just give you a different insight. And Exactly. Sales. And if you're not, if you don't have a shop nearby, just Give one of them a call. They can talk you through it over the phone. Yeah. They can do a telehealth consult sometimes. Often you just yeah. need to ask those questions that you would do in person. You mm. just miss out on trying them on, which is a crucial part. But if that's that's going to be better than just Googling and finding something online and reading yes. online reviews, it's just not the same. So yeah, do that and yeah, get some good shoes on your feet. That's it. Um, the other big takeaway is how to pronounce Saucony. Oh, it's not Saucony. It's not saucy. It's not... Saucy. <laughs> I've got them named Saucy in my um, Garmin app because you know how you put nicknames for your shoes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just call them what they're called. Okay, I call them. Saucy. Oh, you've got Cliffies and Saucies, Hokies, Hokies. <laughs> Everything's got to have a Y and an S, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other takeaways from the episode? No, I think we should let the episode do the talking. Yeah. Um, any other updates from us? We've got some more solo episodes coming out. We do. And give us some feedback, guys. So we haven't done this before, obviously. We've only done two. And it's not ever going to replace what we're doing here. And we're always going to have our guests. But we just often have questions that are like the same questions that keep coming out. And we thought, well, we've done a bit of Instagram living, but we thought, why not just record a few more episodes, put them out, have them there saved so you can listen to them, um, you know, give you some more audio content for your Sunday exactly. runs. You're welcome. Yes. So Sunday morning uploads from now on every week. Yeah. How good. God, we're good. We're real podcasters now. All right. Enjoy the episode. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for listening. Speak to you soon. Yeah, All right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Now, today we have Kate, who I'm going to introduce as Saucony Kate because that's how I've always known her. Now, I don't know if you know this, Kate, but I used to work at the runner shop, so did Lydia. And in our phone, saved your name was just Saucony <laughs> Kate. 
So whenever we'd be like, oh, we need a shoe, we'd just call Saucony Kate. And yeah. your Instagram is also named that as well. So I know you have a last name, but I feel like it's more fitting yeah. to label you <laughs> <No>. as that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello. And thank you for having me on. Um, yes, I am very probably widely known as Saucony Kate. That is my Instagram that I started when I first joined the brand. And it's kind of just stuck. So that is totally fine. I can be referred to as Saucony Kate. That yeah, is fine. I'm, I'm sure there's more to you than your work, but I think it's very fitting. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Saucony and I guess yeah. your role within the business? Yeah, of course. Um, so I started working in the running shoe industry um, about 10 years ago um, in a retail store, probably similar to yourself. Um, and then about six years later, um, an opportunity came up with the brand Saucony. And so I obviously... Um, Took it, you know, wasn't, wasn't going to pass it up. It was an awesome opportunity. Um, so I was the New South Wales account rep. Um, and then over the last little while, um, I've moved into more of a management role. So I'm currently the head of Saucony, which is really exciting. Um, basically, just anything day-to-day Saucony that um, happens kind of, um, yeah, comes through me and we we get rolling on it. So, yeah, it's great. I'm learning so much. I obviously, I didn't come from a running background or anything like that. So I've learned so much. Um, meeting lots of different people, you know, people like yourself um, in stores and um, out in the running community. So yeah, always learning, but it's been great. Mm, no, that's awesome. That sounds like a really cool journey. And I guess for the listeners, being a sales rep or, you know, being in your role, what does kind of an average day look like? Now, I know every day is probably different for you, but what are kind of your roles and what do you do each day? Yeah. I guess? So as an account rep, I was on the road um, mostly five days of the week. And usually on the weekend, I'd be in, at an event, whether it be a park run, a runner's club, something like that, um, where people can try our shoes. But yeah, during the week, it'd be on the road visiting anywhere between five, six, seven accounts a day. And it was just managing of their accounts, making sure they had everything they needed from a Saucony standpoint, making sure their staff were all teched up, um, you know, needing if they wanted to know if they needed any more shoes in the store. Um, so yeah, it was basically just on the go on the road and it didn't stop. Whereas now I'm more so based in the office and talking to a lot of our guys based over in Boston, which is great. Um, seeing a different completely side of the brand, but, um, yeah, always busy. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds like you're, yeah, running off your feet, but would always be an interesting day I'd imagine in the office. Um, now tell us a little bit about Saucony itself. I know that, um, a lot of listeners would be familiar with the brand. They're probably, I, from my perspective, I think they'd be probably more familiar with the racing shoes, the endorphins and the speeds that are being kind of becoming more and more popular, but can you just give us a bit of a rundown of, of the brand itself? And, um, I guess what sets it apart from other, other running shoe brands? Yeah, of course. Um, a little bit of fun facts of the brand is obviously people probably hear it being pronounced a million different ways all of the mm-hmm. time. Fun fact is it is actually pronounced Saucony, so sock uh, knee. And the reason being is um, we're an American brand and where we were founded was um, on the banks of this creek in America in Massachusetts um, called the Saucony Creek. And so that's exactly why we are called Saucony. Um, and even the logo on all of our shoes and apparel and everything is our river logo. So everything dates back to where we're from and our history and our um, you know, everything that we stand for. Um, we were founded in 1898, which is a really long time ago. It's 124 years or something ago, wow. um, which is the longest. Yeah, not many people know that. It's the, one mm. of the, um, we are the longest running brand that has been around. And ever since, from the very beginning, we've been really loyal to the sport of running, um, building goodness into every product. And we invite millions around the world to run with us. And it's been that way from the very beginning. Um, so we don't, only run for fitness we obviously encourage people to run for mental health or whatever journey they might be on um for me it's kind of just walking my dog and running my dog making sure they get rid of all their energy um but for a lot of people it is um the performance stuff and the you know getting the latest and greatest shoes on their feet and rocking up at the at race day feeling confident on the start line 
I think our legacy is one that does set us apart from all the other brands that are out there. It's great when people join the Saucony community or, you know, like you said, you, you know me from Instagram and being, you know, a rep from coming into your stores. So, yeah, it's awesome um, little community that we have at um, Saucony. We might not be the biggest brand out there, but we are onto something pretty good. So mm, yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I definitely pronounce it wrong every time I've said it so far already. <laughs> Saucony. I think that's good. Sockany. If we can remember it as Saucony, that's Literally, easy to do. Really yeah, easy. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. And super interesting that it's been around for so long. I feel like in my head, like running shoe companies kind of started in like the 80s or 90s. It's like yeah. really kind of new thing. Yeah. I don't know what people wore before that, just like rubber <laughs> flats. I don't really know, but I that's know. amazing. There's a heap of yeah. history behind it. Yeah, 1898, a really long time ago. Um, so, yeah, it was. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Now, can we talk a little bit just in general when someone's looking for a new shoe, specifically runners, that's probably what we'll focus on today as that's uh-huh. most of our listeners. Yeah. What should they be looking for when trying on a shoe? So hopefully in an ideal world, they're going into a shoe shop, as we would always recommend, yes. going to see yes. someone that knows what they're talking about. Yeah. What are they looking for? Let's just say, for example, obviously there's lots of variables, variables but mm-hmm. if they're looking just for an everyday shoe, Hmm. what what sort of matters is it the fit is it um yeah the, the materials in the sole what do they need to look for yeah I mean for sure there's so many um reviewers out there on websites that are jam-packed with all this information it can be quite confusing um, especially if you're you know um looking to get into our brand for the first time there's probably lots of different things out there um as you said my first advice would be to head into um, a store and speak with an expert um but then um, I also think looking for a good fit and a good shoe is one that you can kind of lace up and as you head out, you don't have to think about it again. Um, you experience that runner's high, you come back after you run and you can sit there and go, oh, I didn't even notice what was on my feet. I mean, that's the ultimate goal when you're looking for a new shoe. Um, so I think, yeah, obviously um, doing a bit of research around maybe what it is you've previously worn that you did like and what it might convert to and what's out there today. Um, lots of different materials are being formulated now that are awesome. Um, we obviously use a TPU material um, that have a lot of benefits. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely um, heading to store where you can try things on in the store is going to help. Um, but, yeah, I mean, have a look at what you've been wearing. Look at how you've worn them. Have they worn more on the lateral side or the medial side? And have a look at, yeah, where you might be striking. How many kilometres did you get out of them? Do you think that's fair? Do you think, you know, there's lots of questions and variables like you mentioned. But, um yeah, I think getting a pair on your feet is the first first step and, yeah, heading out and seeing how you think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a really good point to make that you shouldn't be thinking about them or if you like, oh, I can feel yeah. something under my yeah. arch or I can feel something on this particular yeah. area. Like that's probably not a good sign. So I yeah. think that's a really good, easy, tangible thing that people can take to the shop. Yeah, when they go, go for a run and, and just, yeah, find, try and try lots of different shoes on until you find that one where you can just kind of slip it on and just not, feel it and it should just feel like nothing and then you get to the end and it's like wow this is like just got me through a 10k or even a 20k and you feel great I think that's Mm. the best thing to look for yeah Yeah. definitely yeah and again another thing that's probably idealistic and hopefully most people have the resources to do so but we often suggest having more than one pair of shoes in terms of injury prevention comfort particularly at the moment with all the rain as well, not having yeah. to put on a soggy pair of shoes is helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if we've got a runner, say they're training for a half marathon, mm-hmm. they've got no sh- no shoes at the moment. And if they were to choose sort of two to three different pairs, yeah. I guess to try and cater for different runs. So we'd probably be looking at maybe some sort of speed speed session uh-huh. shoe, 
a longer, slower, more soft plush shoe yeah. um, and maybe like a trail shoe or, or something alter- yeah. alternative. What sort of models do you have in those sort of categories? Yeah, 100%. So I think um, speaking of hybrid and more versatility in a shoe, um, our endorphin speed has proven to be really versatile at the moment. Um, it was kind of landed into market as a performance shoe and we quickly realised um, in all markets around the globe that it was a real hybrid type of shoe. You can do kind of any work in it and people, you know, it's the endorphin speed. It was meant ideally for speed work. However, what we have found is people find it so comfortable and the benefits of that um, nylon plate, people are choosing to use that as a race day shoe. So the speed, endorphin speed too, is definitely something that's out there that you can put on and use for anything, um, no matter how fast, no matter how far um, you're kind of going and you can use it then for race day. Um, If you were to then add another shoe in, I mean, our Triumph um, 19 that's out at the moment is um, that max cush, max, you know, really stable it's going to take you um for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers and feel really good from kilometer zero all the way through um so that's a really good volume trainer um and then obviously you know your endorphin pro for that real snappy kind of really energy efficiency it's going to help you perform at your best so yeah there's a few there that are that are really mm-hmm. good if you have something with a little bit more stability um then the guide 15 that's just launched in february is really it's it's responsive it's light it's got a um piece of medial support kind of secretly doing its work for you if you do slightly over pronate see that's another good one to chuck in rotation and yeah solid solid little range that would be if you were to have that in your wardrobe mm, yeah yeah definitely now speaking of the guide i do have it here we'll try and get some visuals on obviously yes. this is an audio podcast primarily but we'll try and put some videos <laughs> out there um yes. now i've been testing this out in my actually it's relatively clean to yeah. be honest gonna be completely upfront. i've tried to not wear it as much because of the rain because it's such a nice color and i don't want to get it all gross Color so, nice so nice isn't it? and it's still i've done well to keep it fresh yeah, been it's relatively clean so precious yeah like you'll i've my runs have been so slow because I'm like tiptoeing around all the puddles. Um, but I've probably done, I'd say 150 Ks, something like that uh-huh. in these uh-huh. and loving them. So I guess for context and complete transparency, I probably for the last 10 years have worn the Brooks Adrenaline. Uh-huh. I've gone yeah. through maybe 12 of them. And I just, every time there's a new model, I just get the new one. And uh-huh. I guess working at the runner shop, I just got them relatively cheap and they were yeah. just worked and it was just, yeah, yeah, it just kept working for me. So I've always been really... I guess, cautious of trying something new. And I've had other shoes yeah. in the rotation. I just have had some other speed shoes and things like that, but that's been my like mileage shoe and it's worked really well. I've had no issues with it, but I've never tried anything else because it's just worked. So yeah. when this came across, I was like, it kind of sounds almost similar. It's got that stability. It's it's cushioned. Yeah. Um, and I put it on and it felt really soft initially, like really plush, almost hocker-like initially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I have had in the past as well. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like really oh, nice. Like yeah. almost a bit luxurious, like very just yeah. like squishy, soft, comfy um, and tested it out and loved it. It didn't feel as I, often if you get a really soft plush shoe, it feels a little bit slow and sluggish. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. find that. I just felt like really nice soft landing, but still had a little bit of sort of propulsion in it and a bit of give. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I think I might awesome. be converted. So really <laughs> that cool. Is what we like to hear. Definitely. Yeah. If you're an adrenaline wearer, if you're an ASICS GT 2000, um, even a Hoka Arahi, um, definitely that is the guide 15 is definitely our comparison model. Um, and yeah, like you said, the first feel is made by the softness of our soft liner. So the first thing that your foot's kind of touching underneath all of that, the blend in our um, midsole is designed to be quite responsive. And in the past has been a little maybe firmer compared to some of those models. But yeah, with that soft liner um, now that's really, really soft and plush, it's giving you that first feel of, oh, this is nice and soft and cushy and 
and whatnot. But when you're out working, it's going to be responsive enough for you and really stable. So yeah, designed for that foot type. Obviously, you may be slightly overpronate. So really designed to help support that without you know causing too much irritation underneath the foot. Mm. So yeah, that's an that's yeah. a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And I find that it, I think for me it's working really well as almost like a recovery or easy run shoe. It'll be like I'll do a really hard session and the next day. I put them on. I'm like, oh, it's so nice. Like it just feels <laughs> like my legs are heavy. My feet are a bit sore. So I put yeah. those on. It's like a really nice, a nice feeling. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, and I guess a, a similar comparison, would you say would be kind of the guide and the ride? Are they kind of the stability versus the neutral options? Yeah. Or? So, um, so the guide, yeah, like I mentioned, is being that more stability option for someone who does mildly overpronate. If you don't overpronate at all then and you're more of a neutral foot type then definitely the ride gives you all those same features of being nice and soft when you first put your foot in but really responsive out there um then the ride is definitely that shoe for you so they're very very similar in terms of the way they look the way they feel um the weight of the shoes it's really just that one is supportive and one is more neutral so yeah very very similar the ride you know um yeah used to be our workhorse shoe so it used to you know be people would do speed people you know would would even do a little bit of more volume and mileage in that and it would still turn out okay so so yeah the ride's been around for a long time similar yeah. to the guide awesome really cool um now when i posted about these on instagram someone sent through a question which yes. you've kind of touched on already before but they uh-huh. said that they are still in love with the zucconi endorphin speeds um yes. any ideas on how these compare um, yeah, so um, the endorphin speed was primarily, like I said, produced for speed work and very neutral. Um, but when they realised how versatile and how much of a hybrid shoe it can be, they've made it through the different versions. So we've had version one, version two, and the endorphin speed three is coming later this year. Um, they've made it a little more stable. So whilst it's still neutral, um, they've made the plate that's inside of the shoe to be a little bit more of a cradle. So you're sitting a little bit deeper into it um, and it's supporting the sides of your feet. So um, for someone who maybe does roll slightly, then it's going to kind of keep you as neutral as can be. So if you have previously worn the guide, you could definitely wear the speed. If you wear the speed, you could definitely wear the guide. So it's kind of something where you can bounce between the two um, if you like. Uh, the midsole in the Endorphin Speed 2 um, is probably a little softer the material that we're using in that compared to the guide is probably going to get you a lot further um, down the track. So, yeah, I mean, either or either are really good, but I think, um, yeah, definitely if you overpronate, I would go with the guide, um, whereas the speed is a little bit more neutral. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thank you for that. Hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. Um, now, just on the topic of the speed shoes, obviously of the last, well, it's probably been a while now, it still feels relatively new, but the whole super shoe category has kind of emerged out of nowhere. Um I think what tends to happen is people will get really keen on running and then they'll get a super shoe, spend all this money on it, and they'll just run in it every day for their just like plodding along, jogging around the street, going to the gym, whatever. Um, And then by the time it comes to race day, they've probably worn out the shoe. Where do you kind of, where should that sort of shoe fit into the rotation? Do you think everyone needs a super shoe? Is it just if you're in quotation marks fast? Like where does it sort of fit amongst the range? Um, I definitely don't think, I mean, my, obviously from being a non-runner runner, I think my, when these endorphin and super shoes came out, it was super intimidating. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not a runner, so I don't need those shoes. I'll mm-hmm. stick to my triumphs and my guides. Um, but then when I tried a speed and realizing how soft and lovely they did feel whilst getting a little bit of a spring back from that, um, the plate that's in there, I mean, it was, it was manageable to do anything in it. Um, but like you said, if you wear it and wear it and wear it, it's probably going to um, not recover as well. So um, I think definitely, like I mentioned before, the speed should definitely be in your rotation because it can take you to do anything. Um, but the Guide 15, um, even Triumph 19, 
um, can be in that range just to simply rotate and give your shoes a bit of recovery time. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you definitely need a super shoe. Um, they're just nice to have. Yeah. 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 Definitely for sure. And just on that mentioning like rotating through the shoes and not wearing out a shoe, how long do you suggest people hold on to their shoes for? Obviously, again, with everything, it's individual, yeah. obviously, depending on your weight and how you strike and what yeah. terrain you run on, all that sort of stuff. But is yeah. there any sort of range and does it vary among the models? Um, it definitely varies among the models, depending on what the midsole is made out of. So we have a TPU material that we make all of our midsoles out of, but some just have more of it, meaning they're going to be more durable. Some have less of it, so maybe not as durable. But on average, I mean, from when I used to work in stores a long time ago, the average that we would used to say is kind of 600 kilometres out of a shoe, but it would really, I think as soon as you start to get a niggle in anywhere of your body, um, chances are it's because your shoe is worn out a little bit. Um, a funny story, I think you guys are, know Sam Hopper. Um, from around yes, yes he was on the podcast last yeah, year. yeah he is the ultimate frother of the speed um <laughs> yes. and he has been getting like a thousand kilometers out of them purely because of that midsole material that we're using um the tpu material it doesn't one of the main benefits is that it doesn't heat up and it doesn't cool down when you're using it so like a normal phone when you wear it it's going to heat up and probably get quite stiff after you've taken them off um, the material in the speed doesn't heat up and it doesn't cool down if you've left them in your wardrobe for a week and not mm-hmm. use them. Um, so therefore it doesn't condense over time um, really quickly. So yeah, really durable. Um, it can be up to three times more durable than a standard phone. Um, so that's where, yeah, we're seeing a lot of people who get the speed really like it because it's lasting them so long and feeling really good from go to woe. Um, and yeah, Sam Hopper is a prime example of getting pushing a little too far and getting a thousand kilometers out of the pair. <laughs> that doesn't sound like him. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh so gosh. yeah, he's been, he's been trialing the shoes and loving them, but yeah, getting a lot of kilometers out of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think that's so good for people to know. Cause yeah, you often worry that you're just going to get a shoe that's flimsy and doesn't last you long and you have to keep replacing, but yeah, yeah if you can get a thousand Ks, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And just on that topic as well of replacing shoes all the time, Obviously, with this kind of industry, it leaves a bit of a mark on the environment, right? Like we're producing stuff, we're maybe throwing away excess materials, there's packaging, all that sort of stuff. I noticed on the website that uh, it mentioned something about using recycled materials um, on this particular shoe, I believe. So if you can explain a little bit about that and I guess Saucony's kind of uh, environmental standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And we know, you know, um, it's something that people talk about all the time um, in every facet of life about um less wastage and more um you know reusing of items rather than you know one-time users of anything for that matter um and I think the future of our sport and running really depends on the future of our planet because we need to look after it to be able to keep doing what we love doing um so Saucony are dedicated to sustainability and we're quite open about that um we're constantly innovating to create the best performance and lifestyle footwear so this is across footwear, apparel, everything in our range um, from our performance shoes down to our lifestyle and originals range um, to make sure that we have the lightest footprint possible. Um, it's obviously a work in progress. It's not something that we can do overnight. That's why we have started making changes using materials that might be slightly better right down to where and how we manufacture our product. Even the packaging and the boxes and the labels and swing tags that come on our clothing 
they're all kind of made out of sustainable products and recyclable, you know, materials, which is awesome. And in all of our catalogues, I believe in the current range now, all all footwear have uppers that have been made out of recyclable material. And so, yeah, that's obviously, like I said, it can't happen overnight, but they're working on ways. We launched a shoe last year that was 100% recyclable. Um, and biodegradable yeah it was pretty awesome so yeah it's it's amazing to be a part of a brand that does take it so make they kind of are making it a priority so yeah I mean it's a work in progress but yeah all of our products currently have sustainable product materials in it um yeah, to hopefully awesome. make a lighter footprint yeah on the yeah, planet great that's so good it's so good to hear I think as you said a lot of people are talking about it and everything's sort of moving that way which is great because we probably won't be around for much longer if we don't do something about it so it's good to hear that things 100%. are already happening yeah um, I guess the risk or concern that some people may have with moving towards more sustainable or recycled materials is the performance. Obviously, the technology now is creating these amazing foams and materials and plates that work really well. But Mm -hmm. I guess what's the risk of if we start to use all these recycled materials that are really great for the environment, but maybe we lose some performance benefits? Is there much going on with with figuring out I guess the cost benefit analysis of those yeah, two things for sure and that's why we've definitely started with I suppose the easiest thing that we could have done first was the upper and the materials we use in the upper because that doesn't really affect too much of our performance um the innovation that comes out of the design team over in Boston is just out of this world crazy um they're finding ways to maintain the quality of footwear to lead in performance but all with that lighter footprint um so I think and I think because it's the way of the future I think they're not too keen on making massive changes too quickly it really is a slow process of finding the best materials and the best um the way that these materials react when we are putting them under a lot of pressure um and how they do perform so I think um slowly I think they're going to find ways they will find ways I mean these these innovation and design teams are incredible for every brand and so I think um they will find ways to make sure that we are being you know more productive in terms of sustainability, but also not losing um, the performance of our footwear and clothing mm. for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really good to hear. Awesome. Good. Okay, cool. So we've got a bit of an understanding of the guide. We've got a bit of an yeah. understanding of how people should should go about choosing their shoes. Um, yeah. Is there anything sort of coming up in the range or within the brand itself, any events coming up that people should be aware of, any new shoes coming out? What's sort of happening for yeah. the rest of 2022? For sure. Um, so for the rest of 2022, um, in around the August period, you will see the Endorphin um, 3 release. So we've got the Endorphin Pro 3 that gets updated, the Endorphin Speed 3 and the Shift 3. Um, so we know all those shoes have done amazing things for us um, in performance and they're going to continue to do so. The updates that we see them get are quite um, big. So the difference between version 1 and version 2 were quite similar, not too much changed. Um, whereas this one, yeah, the shoes look completely almost unrecognizable, um, which is amazing to bring new product to the table. Um, although, you know, we try not to change too much. Otherwise, all those people that have loved the speed or the pro previously, you don't want to change that too much. Um, so that's coming out in the August period. Um, and then we have recently just been given, um, the 2023 range, which is crazy that we work so far in advance. I know my (laughs) mind is like nowhere in 2022. I'm already way past that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I guess, yeah, it's it's good because we do get to see a glimpse of what is coming. Um, and I mean, the difference, I mean, we've got about five or six more new shoes, completely brand new shoes coming out. Um, we've got a brand new foam coming out, which is lighter than what we've currently got on the market. Um, 
there's new plated shoes coming out. There's we're getting back into track and field, which a lot of people probably do know us from track and field. So yeah, I mean, 2023 is definitely a standout range for me. Um, we've started, you know, showcasing it to some of our top retailers around the country and the feedback has been really positive. Um, but yeah, it's awesome to be carrying around a bag that's got even more innovation and newness Mm. and great product that's going to hit the market. Um, yeah, in due time, but, um, yeah, there's lots, lots. I could keep talking about our Mm. (laughs) product for a really long time. It's so exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. Um, and then you get down to the fun things like color and what color are we going to launch and what color are we going to bring to Oz and, um, for the first time in a long time, I mean, the international catalogue is massive and sometimes we can't always do it all. But for the first time, I think nearly ever, is we're actually bringing in um, every single colour of the Endorphin Speed 3. So anything that's been offered internationally, we're going to get in Oz, which is awesome. I constantly on Instagram get people messaging me like, oh, are we getting this colour? I saw this. Are we getting that? And often the answer is no, but things are changing and the demand Good. is there. And so we are bringing in um, as much as we can and we're jam-packing it Um yeah, with monthly drops and new colours and colour stories and, yeah, it's exciting, yeah. Yeah, that's so good because I think that's something that we've always struggled with is getting enough variety within the shoes to Australia. And yeah. I think what tends to happen is people, like customers obviously don't understand, they don't know how it all goes on. They just think if they've made the shoe, why can't we have it here? Yeah. And then they'll go and buy it from an American website or, yes. you know, get it shipped yeah. internationally. And then from an Australian point of view, there's no demand for it because we don't know who's getting yeah. those shoes so then yeah. they don't need to do it so it's like this vicious cycle so yeah. if we can keep supporting the Australian shops the Australian yeah. businesses and showing that there is a demand for the shoes maybe we don't get the exact color we want this year but if we keep showing that we're yeah. keen for the shoes it's and more, and more stuff yeah. will start to come and we're finding in that performance range especially now in from Pro and Speed is that it's so um like the men just love it and they will do whatever to get the latest and the greatest mm. on their foot Whereas us females, I mean, we're pretty happy just cruising in what we've got <laughs> and all that sort of thing. So, but there have been, you know, there is demand for that, um, for us to have new colours and constant new models coming in for the ladies. So I can assure you we're making a conscious effort at softening to make sure that every time we bring out a men's colour, we're going to be bringing out a new ladies' colour um, in 2023, which is is good to be able to match it and um, mm. get after those blokes that keep on yeah. getting the shiny stuff. It's not fair. No, that's good. I know. Um, and you mentioned before about with going from the endorphin one to two minimal mm-hmm. changes and now some significant changes. Mm-hmm. How does the design team kind of go about making that call? Because you you can't please everyone, right? Like people, we die hard fans of a particular model, particular shoe. Yeah. And then the company changes it and it's completely different and they hate it. And now they're like searching for the the previous model and can't find it anywhere. Yeah, can't find it. They never make it again. Like how most like I would imagine you're pretty happy with all of your previous shoes from however yeah. many years yeah so how do they then make another change to make it better without the risk of making it worse right it's, and it risky. Is. it's risky it's risky mm. business and I think um for most brands and especially for Saucony we only update the shoes every 12 months usually um some shoes it can be longer um that we don't update the shoe because we know that we've nailed it and we know it's a good fit and it's performing out when you get out there and so we do try to limit that. However, yeah, every 12 months, that gives us kind of enough time to get the shoe in the market in all markets. We get the feedback, see how they've performed um, amongst our competitive um, competitive brands and see, um, see how it's stacked up. And then that's when we can make the changes. Typically at the moment, the trend that we're seeing for our brand is that we're trying to jam as much into the midsole as we can. So whether that might be that we get bigger stack heights, um, just to get as much foam jammed in there, but at the same time as reducing the weight, um, which usually comes out of the upper or um, the outsole and things like that. 
So it is definitely a fine line of balance trying to get, yeah, as much midsole and match cushion as we can um, without making the shoe too heavy. Um, but so far, I mean, I haven't. It is hard because I always say, like, the shoes that we've got in the market now are amazing and they're, they're, they're so good and I was so excited for them to land. And then now I'm looking at 2023, but I'm like, wow, that's, like, so amazing. And, yeah, and where's course, the ceiling? Yeah, where's the ceiling? And I say this to, you know, my council all the time, like, this is the best range we've had. And then the next time <laughs> I come back, I'm like, no, this is the best range. And then you could call me buyers because I guess that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But mm. genuinely, I mean, it is, I'm, I'm not envious of the product team and how they have to make these decisions, like you said, because it is risky. But I think they have so much to be proud of and every season to be getting better and better and better and all these brands making each other work harder and better to, to produce this product that is out of this world crazy. I think it's incredible and we'll just keep taking the changes and I've never really, there's not really, I can't think of a shoe that's updated and then we've had bad feedback from it. I can't, oh, maybe the Peregrine, our trail number one trail shoe, we removed the rock plate one year and we copped an absolute blasting so 12 months later back in it goes mm-hmm. um but yeah there's nothing being a smaller brand we're a little bit more um agile to this stuff we can make changes a little bit quicker um so yeah feedback is definitely like our number one thing that we take on board and we make mm-hmm. those changes accordingly yeah yeah that's great if you can yeah listen to what people are saying and then I guess you've just got to go with the majority and <laughs> hope that most people are happy with it yeah, yeah. that's tough it would be really tricky yeah um, but it sounds like you're doing a good job and it sounds like the shoes are all are all going really well so it's exciting yeah exciting to see um so if people want to try some shoes on yeah I personally am biased and would say go to the runner shop in Kalani Vale <laughs> or in Randwick yeah otherwise are the shoes just at every sort of specialty store is there anywhere yeah in particular? yeah Pretty much, um, I mean, obviously in New South Wales, I know the market very well. So obviously the mm-hmm. runners shop are big supporters um, of Saucony, Pace Athletic, um, the runners shop down in Canberra, um, over in WA we've got the running centre, all of the running company stores down um, in Melbourne and South Australia, they've obviously got the full range. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, because of the success that we are having at the moment, we are finding that a lot of people are stocking a broad range. So, yeah, I mean, your local running store is bound to have, you know, exactly what you're wanting to try on at the yeah. moment. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. No, that's good. I think, yeah, if we can get everyone into the shops, um, speak to the experts yeah. and get some advice, so that would be a really yeah, good Yeah, and they're experts in all the brands. So, like, mm. um, whilst I can only really speak to Sockney because that's what I've been looking at for the past four and a half years. I mean, <laughs> these people get trained on everything all of the time. They're the most mm. up-to-date people on all brands so that's definitely the first place I would go yeah mm, yeah definitely um and in terms of the next few years obviously we know there's heaps of exciting stuff coming out um, has the brand got any particular focus in terms of the, their direction you mentioned some, mentioned some track and field stuff happening are they focusing more on sort of the performance side or the more casual space or is it just kind of trying to cater for everyone yeah it's a, like it's, we want to cater to everyone but like it's hard to you know hard to do everything really well all of the time um, but I guess our performance stuff is really speaking for itself at the moment. So we, you know, the demand of the pro and the speed and the shift, that's all, that's all kind of there and doing its little thing. Um, we really focus on the everyday active person. So that's, you know, people like our, wearing our guide 15, ride 15 triumphs, um, making sure that they are um, being heard and make sure that they get access to all the new updates and, and hear, hear what we have to say all of the time. Um, and then, yeah, track and field for Saucony is making a bit of a comeback. We used to do it quite well couple of years ago in Australia and it's kind of slipped by the wayside but we're yeah coming back with some new product new foam and some new plated spikes which is exciting Mm. um 
So, yeah, we've got a bit of everything going on. We've got um, a couple of new trail shoes launching at the end of this year, which will be in time for the new um, UTA date that got pushed back. Um, So that'll be exciting. If you're training for UTA, keep your eye out for some new trail. And then we're looking at getting back into doing some events as well. So you might see us set up at some of your events just to, you know, brand recognition is never, never a bad thing. We want to get as many people across our brand and um, make sure they're getting given the opportunity to run in our shoes if that's what fits them. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Um, And our final question that uh, we ask all of our guests, what is your personal favorite shoe to run in? Oh, that is so tough. Um, (laughs) You only choose one. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I would probably say I've banged on about it enough in the episode. This Endorphin Speed 2 has been an absolute phenomenal shoe. Um, and the three that's around the corner is going to, you know, take it to the next level again. So, yeah, I think the Endorphin Speed 2 for me personally has been an absolute showstopper. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll all have to test those out then and I know. see 100%. how they stack up. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Thank you so much for your time today, Kate. Is there anything else you want to mention? No, I think that is all. I mean, reach out. Obviously, my Instagram, as you mentioned, is Sophie yes. Kate. So if you had any questions about the brand um, for anyone, definitely reach out um, and I'll be sure to get back to you. Otherwise, I might see you on the road somewhere yeah. um, out and about at an event or something like that. But, um, yeah, let me know if there's any questions, if anyone has any or, uh, yeah, I'll see you all on Instagram. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much.